do not take advantage of all the opportunities that God gives us. And then came the most difficult question. Andrew, what do you do with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12? So Brother Andrew got his Bible, opened up the Bible to that text, and read aloud, All who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. He closed the Bible slowly and said, Brother, please forgive me. We do nothing with that text. It's a big challenge for us, isn't it? The Apostle Peter says that for Christians, for believers, suffering is an inevitable reality. So what will we do with 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 and 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 for that matter? Because to identify with Christ is to suffer. And so we should not be surprised, as Peter says, we should not be surprised when Christian suffering comes upon us. Rather, the mindset is we should be surprised if we don't suffer. So if you and I are suffering as a Christian, could it be that perhaps we are more like the world and less like Christ? Those are challenging questions, aren't they? These are, these are big questions. And yet we know that we've been looking at this letter now for quite a long time. We know that Peter rarely pulls his punches. And Jesus, our saviour, our king, never shirks from pulling his punches. He never shirks from challenging his disciples and those who would be his disciples. Love your enemies, Jesus says. Pray for those who persecute you. Ouch. And not only that, Jesus says this, <clears throat> that we are to deny ourselves, we are to take up our cross daily and deny ourselves and follow him. And so Jesus calls us to follow him to that place of execution, that place of suffering, even death, before we experience the joy of the life to come. And so suffering is part and parcel of being a Christian. Suffering is part and parcel of the calling of the Son of Man to lay down his life as a ransom for many. So why is, it, why is it different for us? Why should it be any different for us, his disciples? And so that's where this reading comes in. And that's why it is so helpful, so instructive if you read it carefully. We'll look at it together for a few moments now. And we'll see there keys, ways, clues as to how to do what Jesus says. Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you, etc. And we'll, we'll just pick up a few things as to how Peter encourages the early disciples to put those... Uh, <coughs> rather strange notions of picking up your cross and following Jesus each day into practice. So, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. And so we see here Peter laying out four things, four ways to have our perspective on suffering maybe changed or challenged. And so he, he talks about expect suffering. He talks about embracing suffering. He talks about being empowered by the Spirit as you suffer. And then lastly, he talks about that it's the elect who suffer. So if you like, uh, a 4.7, it's all starting with the letter E. Expect it, embrace it, be empowered, and it is the elect who suffer. 
So let's start where Peter starts at the start of our reading in verse 12. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He says, look, expect it. Expect suffering. I mean, it's not, this isn't, you know, um, difficult theology, but it's Peter who's writing this letter. Peter the Apostle, Peter the Disciple. He's one of the twelve, he's one of the followers of Jesus right from the start of the ministry of Jesus. He was there to hear the words of Jesus saying, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. He heard that firsthand himself. But not only did he hear that, he actually, if you remember the story that, you know, in the Gospels, Peter rejects the idea that Jesus has to suffer. He actually rejects that. He says, no, Jesus. In Mark chapter 8, Peter rebukes Jesus for saying the Son of Man has to suffer. So Mark chapter 8, verse 32 says, he, Jesus, spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Peter himself says to the Messiah, no, Jesus, don't suffer. But by the time he gets to his own letter later on in his life, he has learned the hard way that being a follower of Christ means to suffer. He'd watched his own master. He'd watched Jesus, his Lord, be crucified. He had seen many of his fellow disciples imprisoned, beaten, killed. And of course, he was martyred, of course, too, in the end. And so Peter, as we know, he's writing to these Christians who are scattered around the known world, and he's, and he's saying to them, don't be surprised at this suffering, this fiery ordeal that is coming on you, has come on you to test you. It's the way of the cross. That is the way to eternal life. It is through the cross. You go through the cross to glory. Sacrifice comes before glory and eternal life. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the film Surprised by Joy, by C it's a film about C.S. Lewis, and uh, particularly his relationship with uh, Joy Gresham, who became his wife. And there's a, a very evocative scene in, in the middle of that film when uh, Joy Gresham says to C.S. Lewis, she says, the suffering now is part of the joy to come. The suffering now is part of the joy to come. And the reason it's so evocative is, is, is she is diagnosed with cancer. And, and C.S. Lewis is struggling to understand, why doesn't God heal you? Why isn't God healing you? And Joy Gresham realized and accepted that, that, that we as Christians, we don't always get what we want. And it's often the road that is harder that we come to learn more about the suffering of Jesus for us. So expect suffering. Peter then goes on in verse 13, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. He's saying don't just expect it, embrace it. What a strange thought. But it goes back to what Jesus says, doesn't it? Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must take up their cross and follow me. And so Peter says, the same thing from a different angle. He says, as Christians, we are asked and challenged to, if, if you, as it were, wrap our arms around the cross and be ready to feel how heavy it is, how rough it is, 
how rugged it is. In a baptism service, you know, when, we, when you have a, a, a believer's baptism or an adult baptism, and, and the person goes right in and up, it's so, such a powerful picture of that going into the water of death and coming out alive. The water refreshes and washes and cleans, and it's renewing, and therefore life comes. And so before the glory is the suffering. Before new life, we've caught experience of death. So expect it, embrace it, and also we are empowered to undergo that suffering. We are empowered. Peter the Apostle says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Why? He goes on to tell you why. Because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Now what he's doing there is referring back to Isaiah chapter 11, where Isaiah predicts the Messiah to come, and the, and the spirit will come on the promised Messiah, so that the Messiah can fulfill his mission. So that's, that's the, look back to Isaiah chapter 11 to, to read that. And so think about it for a moment. The, the spirit who is promised to come on the Messiah is the same spirit who comes on you and me. Wow. That same spirit who blesses Christ with his anointing blesses you and blesses me with his anointing for us and in our journey as Christians, in our suffering as Christians. We are blessed by the same spirit who blessed Christ. We are empowered and enabled to undergo suffering for the name of Christ, for the name of Jesus. Blessed are the persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says this, doesn't he, in the Seven on the Mount. Blessed are the persecuted. Empowered, blessed, empowered, it's the same thing, really. It's be, be blessed, be empowered, be filled by the Spirit to go out and share the good news. That's what Christopher Landau was telling us yesterday. Before you go out in mission, you have to be filled by the Spirit. It's not the other way around. If you go out in mission before you get blessed by the Spirit, you've got nothing to share. We are filled with the Spirit to go out to expect whatever the world throws at us. Expect suffering. Embrace it in his name. And then lastly, teaches, Peter teaches us, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed and praise God. You bear his name. Don't be ashamed, but praise God you bear his name. Or put it another way, if you're picked on for your faith, that means you're one of the elect. The chosen. At 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. To God's elect, exiles. The scattered. He's talking to the chosen. He's talking to those who have been, who are predestined according to the knowledge of God, the foreknowledge of God, to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Again, do you hear the weight of that? The, the, import, the significance of that? To God's elect, you and I are God's chosen ones. You and I are, are the ones who suffer because we are the ones who bear the name of Christ. 
The converse of that is much harder to hear, but it's equally true. If we're not suffering, maybe we're not being obedient enough to Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm suffering a, a level of, 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 of suffering right now. I'm not uh, anywhere near the suffering that goes on around the world for Christians at all, but there's a level of suffering, and my sense is that as a church we're suffering. We're going through suffering right now. I think God is sort of shaking us, shifting us, sifting us as a fellowship. And verse 17 points to that. I don't know if you noticed it as Pauline read it. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. The sifting begins with the family of God. The judgment begins with us, the church. And, and that's what I'm hearing, you know, people are telling me, I'm, you know, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I'm exhausted, I'm ill. Life feels hard. And as a church, we've got, we need to pull together because there's major challenges with personnel going on. I don't know if you know, but Jeanette is not sick. Uh, and it might be for a little while. And so we're going to have to rethink how we do our outreach for children and families. Uh, every week we're struggling to fill the rota. Uh, many people, are in, including our, our own, my own family, there's a spiritual attack going on. And so suffering is real. Suffering is, is, is here. Suffering is painful. And yet we know it's part of our lives as Christians. And that is why yesterday, the Sanctuary Day, was so precious. Such a gift. It was a gift because it was a day where those of us who were able to come, it was that space and that time for God to bless us with his presence and to, to refresh worn out and tired people so that we can be God's people in the world. And one of the verses that uh, Christopher Landau quoted to us and, and uh, gave to us as a church is this one, 1, Thess 1, sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, which says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. I'll read that again. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And so God is saying, you can do it. You can do it. We can do it. Keep encouraging each other. As we go through hard times, look out for each other. Keep on doing that. Care for each other. Bear with each other. Care for each other. And so we stand together. We need to stand together. Pull together as a body of Christ in this place. Not give the devil a foothold in our lives. And notice the final verse of our reading. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. As we expect suffering, as we embrace it, as we are empowered by the Spirit to go through it, as those who are chosen by God as his children, let's go into the world to do good. In the power and the strength of the Spirit of God, let's go out there to bring fresh goodness and fresh kindness and fresh love and fresh wisdom into the community, into the school, into families, to people we meet on the street. 
And that's not saying, look at me, aren't I so good? No. We're saying to God, we love him, we trust him. That he has called us to bring his light and his love into this world. In the name of Christ. And for his glory. Father, we, as your children, are called to embrace the suffering. And Lord, that's hard. And Lord, we pray that you would pour out your spirit upon us afresh each day. To live in the power of the spirit. To be empowered by the spirit as God's chosen people, to go out into the world to do good, to bring your goodness into this world, where people need you. Refresh us, anoint us, empower us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Peter. Let's continue our service by singing that wonderful psalm, The Lord's My Shepherd, I'll Not Want, which echoes a lot of what Peter said. And we're going to sing our modern version. So please stand if you're able and we'll join together in song.
be seated for our intercession. And when I say the words, Lord, in your mercy, please could you respond, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy. Inspire all those who lead and serve in our nation, our communities and churches. May they know your guidance and direction. Lord, in your mercy. Help us to be understanding and forgiving of all those we encounter. Show us how to serve one another, to offer love, care, and support. Lord, in your mercy, watch over all those who feel isolated and alone, particularly those who are still concerned about illness and restriction. Calm their fears and lead them, Lord, into peace and freedom. Lord, in your mercy. For those who have lost loved ones recently, comfort them in their grief and heal the brokenhearted. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, we bring to mind any in our families or community that we know to be in need. And here I'll just pause for a few moments while we name those before God. May love and goodness fill their lives. Lord, in your mercy. So let us declare our faith in God by saying the creed together. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We come now to the peace, and just a reminder that if you would prefer not to be approached too closely, please stay seated, but otherwise do feel free and able to move round the church to offer each other a sign of the Lord's peace. So may the God of peace sanctify you. May he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before him at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with his saints. And the peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's offer each other a sign of his peace.
we're going to use Eucharistic prayer E. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and you love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you, with saints and angels praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit, that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again he praised you, gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice, made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. We are one body because we all share in one bread.
draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Please come forward as the stewards direct. As a reminder, we do have gluten-free, and if you would prefer non-alcoholic wine, please go to the table by the piano.
the body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. And the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Let's remember in prayer those of our church community who can't be with us this morning. And so, Father, we name before you those of our church community who can't join with us this morning physically because of frailty, or illness, or because they're now living in residential care. And we add to that list, Lord, those who are known to us personally, who are in need of your special touch today. Father, we ask that your peace and your presence will be with them and will remain with them this week. That they will know that they're sons and daughters of the living God and they will know your blessing on their lives. Amen. Let's say together our prayer after communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Let's stand together to sing our final hymn. Thank you, Chris.
May the love of the Lord Jesus draw you to himself. May the power of the Lord Jesus strengthen you in his service. May the joy of the Lord Jesus fill your soul. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you and all those whom you love this day and evermore. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve our Lord. Amen. Amen. I'd just like to say thank you to Ian and John on the desk, to Chris for, for playing, and John Ashton for church warning, and Keith and Alwyn for uh, welcoming and, and serving, and oh, Ivan and Jacqueline as well for helping, and Peter, of course, for preaching. So go in his peace and have a, a good day. Amen. Thank you.